What's the latest on T.Y. Hilton's injury? Can the Bengals' receiving core create some good numbers against the Raiders? And we play a Yaman or nine with the Nick Foles-led Eagles. Plus, the Week 14 leader in the 2018 FFPC Varsity Number 2 League, Larry Weinauer, sits in on the show tonight to talk about pairing quarterbacks and receivers in the main event, what he expects to see from Adam Humphreys against the Ravens, and much more. We've got our eight show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people were dominant, lived life slow. Well, laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash Robbing old folks and making the dash They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back when he missed up. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down. Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, each and every one of you, Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, who's the biggest beneficiary from another Odell Beckham absence, whether Elijah McGuire is a viable flex in Week 15, and varsity number two leader Larry Weinhardt joins us to discuss Michael Gallup, Evan Engram, and much more all tonight on the HSFF Hour. Shout-out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. Twitter is where to find us at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Facebook is where to find us, facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. Your phone is where to find us, 346-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Email is where you can find us as well, football at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer Bryce, will do their best to get to all those questions, tweets, emails, and more coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Dave, we missed you last week. We, uh, we had a good show. Danny Gibson did a great job filling in. Um, but uh, your presence was missed. How was the, uh, how was the week off? That was great. Uh, you know, I'm recharged and ready to rock and roll bulky as we enter the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, that's good. Uh, can you check to see if your mic is on right now? I'm not, I'm not hearing you. You don't hear me? Flip the switch on. Can you flip it up? Up or down? Hey, now, there you go. Oh, great. Perfect. I'm uh, I'm just as good as I was a few minutes. Ago. Oh, perfect. Well, that's good to hear. I am uh, I'm thrilled to hear that. I'm uh, I apologize uh, as Bryce and I dropped the ball on the audio engineering part of the podcast. There, uh, not having your mic on, but uh, that's good. I'm glad you re- refreshed the batteries, recharged them. And one of the big things that we have coming up that you are recharging those batteries for is the world famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. It is of course live. You can register now myffpc.com. A two hundred thousand dollar grand prize. A $750,000 prize pool, just $200 uh, for an entry. This is uh, capped at 4,250 teams. Ten-player lineup, one player per team in the playoffs, less than a month uh, month to register at MyFFPC.com. Get on over to MyFFPC.com and get yourself a playoff entry 
or two or more, whatever you want to do. Uh, new high stakes lowdown this week with Mike Foresta, who is not only contending for the FFPC main event title, but the Football Guys Players Championship as well. Great stuff from him, including an interesting NFC South sleeper receiver that he said he's going to have going in a lot of his uh, lineups in the championship round this week. So interesting stuff from here, uh, from him there. Uh, rotaviz.com slash podcast is where you can check that out as well. We uh, need to get into uh, tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to bring him on right now. Uh, he started playing fantasy football in local leagues back all the way back in 1987 uh, when I was just eight years old and Dave was a youthful 43. He moved to high stakes leagues in the early 2000s <laughs> when he entered the Roto Bowl in Atlantic City, winning his league and finishing well in the overall tournament. He then played in the WCOF for a number of years, signed up for the FFPC in 2010 and has played here ever since. Finished eighth overall, Dave, in the main event in the 2013 season. Has finished in the top four each of the last four years in varsity, and he is leading that league right now, along with having another team in contention in the FFPC main event championship round. Please welcome into the show Mr. Larry Weinhauer. Larry, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing this evening? We're doing good. Uh, Why does Larry's voice sound better than ours? I, well, listen, the guests always do. And I, I got to tell you this right now, Dave. Not only will his, does his voice sound better, the stuff that he – the knowledge that he is going to share is going to be way better than the knowledge that you and I share on the show tonight. Well, we'll see about that. Larry, when you are not playing fantasy football and doing so well in the varsity and the main event, tell the, uh, tell the listeners what you're doing for a living. Well, I own a sports bar and restaurant in Wellsville, New York, uh, Better Day Sports Bar. So – uh, certainly have to make time for the fantasy football and these wonderful contests, but uh, that certainly occupies a lot of my time when I'm not doing that. Do a lot of your patrons know uh, the, the, the high stakes fantasy football that, that you're into that, that, you know, they ask for updates or you're, you're sharing, uh, you're sharing stories with them from week to week. Uh, quite a few of them do actually. Uh, you know, we have the Sunday ticket uh, or direct TV Sunday ticket. So we've got quite a crew in there on Sundays and, I always have my laptop out and looking at uh, checking all the lineups and scores and whatnot, and people are interested. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a buzz about it. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, that, would be, that would be a fun place to watch games when, when everybody knows what, what you have on the line. So, like, when you win varsity, if, is, is it just like, all right, shots all around, just banked another 20K in the FFPC varsity? Well, I'm sure that if, if – I'm fortunate enough to have that happen. I'm sure that will probably be a topic that will come up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Dave, you know, Larry, when we, you know, when someone wins the main event, generally, well, depending upon my what condition I'm in, we generally will try and call them on Monday night. So, if, if you're winning the main event, will you just be totally sloshed and like <laughs> slurring and unable to talk, or do you actually, you know, keep your wits about yourself instead of shaking for shots all night long at your bar? <laughs> Well, I try to keep my wits about myself most of the time, but uh, if I were to be in that situation, then things might be a little bit blurrier. That's for sure. <laughs> we, should, we, should, we should tape that conversation. Oh, that, yeah, that would be epic. That would be absolutely epic. <laughs> All right, so I guess we have a question here, finally, for you. Um, so congrats on your main event league title. You have Saquon Barkley. He, uh, he had a huge impact on what happened. Um, so what, I don't know, what, let us know what pick position you had and, and what other people were you looking at or what other players were you looking at in that part of the first round? Well, I, I had the ninth pick, and uh, actually I was thrilled to have Barkley drop to me at that point. I mean, I think he's just tremendous, as, as he's obviously proven this year. Um, I actually had him ranked in the top six 
So I was looking at probably taking one of the top receivers at that point. I uh, planning on the running backs being gone. But uh, when Barkley dropped to me at nine, that was definitely a, a no-brainer. Um, I loved his combination of speed and power and his pass-catching ability. And, you know, with a rookie, it's always hard to tell, but I was pretty confident that what he accomplished at Penn State would, would certainly translate into the NFL as well. Yeah, Larry, let me ask you something. Is, is, um, is the part of New York that you're in, and I'm not familiar, obviously, you know, I'm in northeast Wisconsin. I, I, don't, I don't even know southeast Wisconsin. Um, I'm, I'm curious to, uh, to ask, is it, is it Giants country there? Is it Jets? Is it Bills? Is it, is it, is it kind of a hodgepodge? Or what is, like, what's, who's your team and what do most people uh, up there root for there? Well, we, I'm in western New York, uh, probably about two hours directly south of Buffalo. We're only about 10 miles north of the, of the Pennsylvania border. So it's definitely Bills country. Uh, on, you know, and I, I try to, to root along with the Bills as well, but I am a Dallas Cowboys fan for, for ages and ages, and uh, that, that just I don't see changing. Well, and, and so that's interesting because – you you go by or your a lot of your teams have always been Troy's boys, uh, and I assume that's a that's an ode to Troy Aikman. Yes, it is. It is, and uh, okay. I've had a lot, a lot of comments on that actually, and people have thought my name's Troy and whatnot. And uh, actually, back in those those leagues, the local leagues that uh, you mentioned way back way back when, a couple of years ago, anyways, uh, you know, you had to have a team name, and I went into this draft just kind of new to this, and obviously being a Cowboys fan and uh, they said, well, what do you want your team name to be? And, and uh, Troy's boys, I had a bunch of Cowboys on the team then when they were doing well. And, uh, you know, sounded kind of catchy, so I went with that, and I've used it ever since. Yeah, I don't, for like many years, and, and, and I don't know I don't know why, I always, I knew, I knew who you were, and I knew your name, but somehow I always had it in the back of my mind. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Troy. He's a Cowboys fan. He lives in Texas. Not, you know, totally not, you know, totally not realizing. No, his name's Larry. It's not Troy. And he lives in New York, not Texas. I never put two and two together. But, okay, good to clear that up uh, uh, for sure. Okay, so shifting it back to uh, Northeast Wisconsin here, you have uh, on this main event uh, league championship team uh, that you have, you have both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on. I'm just curious, was that pairing intentional um, knowing that um, when, when you get to these national contests like the main event, you obviously want to, um, you know, maximize your spike potential, as it were, when you get to the championship round. And obviously pairing an elite quarterback and an elite receiver will, will help your ability to do that. So I'm curious, was that intentional in the main event? Is that, and is that something that you normally like to do in these national contests where you have to beat out so many other teams? Right. Um, well, it definitely can be an advantage. Um, this year, it definitely was the plan. Um, I had that strategy going in pre-draft. Um, I was very high on Devontae Adams. I, I just thought he was going to have a tremendous year. I, I feel he's very talented. Um, so my plan was to take him in the early part of that second round, uh, regardless, uh, ho- hoping that he fell that far. And if I did get ha- him, certainly looking at Aaron Rodgers, um, I'd it certainly was beneficial for me in this case. Um, I won't always try to, to pair a quarterback and receiver. I think if you have a top receiver like that, obviously in, a, in an elite quarterback like Rodgers, I think it does pay to have them, them hooked up. Um, but there, there's very few that I would really probably try to do that with. Uh, Hopkins and Watson in Houston, I think, is a good example. Um, so when I, when I got Adams in the second round, I definitely started looking to, to try to pair Rodgers up with him uh, a little bit later. 
Um, I actually, I believe I got him in the late fifth, which I think is a reasonable spot for quarterback. But usually I try to take quarterbacks a little bit later. Um, so if I didn't have Adams, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on Rodgers in the fifth. But, uh, you know, to get them together and have that, that high point uh, potential certainly was appealing. Well, I agree with that. And, you know, speaking of elite quarterbacks, you have Jeff, Jeff Driscoll throwing to two of your receivers here, Tyler Boyd and John Ross. That's a killer segue right there. <laughs> Starting in your lineup. <laughs> you know, Jeff, Jeff thought you was all right, though. So, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, Boyd and Ross this weekend. Uh, who do they play ball? Uh, Cincinnati is taking on the Oakland Raiders at home in the Emerald City. Ah, uh, the Raiders. That should be an easy 34 points. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, that, uh, that is still a work in progress. Um, I've been playing Boyd all along. He's, I, I think he's had a great year. Um, I've, I've been hurt by the injury to James Conner. Um, that, that took a chunk out of my team. Uh, in addition to that, John Brown uh, was having a solid year for me. I was playing him in my flex spot, um, but he's kind of become basically unusable with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So, you know, I've kind of been at that uh, since Connor got hurt, I've been trying to to play a few different people uh, based on their matchups. I had Bruce Ellington, who's out this week. Uh, you know, and, and before I knew that, uh, looking at Ross and uh, Jalen Richard is another one. Uh, Ellington, I think, is a, is a nice player, but there's not a lot of huge upside with him. He's more of a slot receiver catching, you know, a lot of balls. I think he had like six catches three weeks in a row or something like that. Richard can can be a nice player depending on game script. Uh, you know, if they get way down, he's in there catching a lot of dump-off balls. So I've kind of been playing matchups. Um, unfortunately, my first week in this big tournament, I had one of my lower weeks for, for the year. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of play catch-up, so I'm looking for that high ceiling. Um, looking at all these guys uh, with Ross. Um, you know, he certainly hasn't been setting the world on fire, but he has caught touchdowns in four of his last five starts. Uh, I think he has a good matchup with the Raiders at home. Um, you know, Oakland's given up 31 touchdown passes. So I'm hoping for the big hit there. Um, and, again, I'm not positive I'm going to leave him in, but it's, I always go through and kind of set things how I, I feel like I'm going to play him at the beginning of the week and then change them based on injuries or, you know, gut feelings or whatever. And um, so right now that's where I'm leaning. Uh, not overly thrilled about two Bengals receivers both in my starting lineup, but I guess if there's a week to do it. I feel like this would be the week. I got to tell you, I don't think Jeff Driscoll is too thrilled with uh, John Ross and Tyler Boyd either. <laughs> Maybe Boyd. That that probably be it. Dave, go ahead. Well, it looks like Bruce Ellington is going to be out, but John, uh, Connor is semi kind of practiced. Is any questionable now? He missed practice Wednesday. He missed practice yesterday. He got into a limited practice today. He's officially being listed as questionable, Dave. But here's the problem. That Steelers-Patriots game, that is a late game. That's a 425 kickoff on Sunday, and obviously the Bengals play at noon. So, Larry, I don't know what, what the rest of your team looks like. Is there anybody else that you could play if Connor is indeed inactive, if you, if you don't play Ross uh, this week? Is there anybody well, else that you could plug in late? Because it sounds like Connor might be able to give it a go. Well, and that's what I've got to look at that a little bit closer, to be honest with you. I've got Car- uh, Connor in the varsity as well, and I've been looking at that one. Um, that's the one that's, <laughs> that's uh, freshest out of my mind right now. And um, right. I was yep. looking at that, and I'm probably going to be stuck because Humphreys plays at one. Um, all my other uh, people that I would substitute out are 1 o'clock games. So I'm probably going to have to have to sit Connor regardless in the varsity, and I will have to look around. Um, to be honest with you, I, I haven't had a chance to look that closely. 
uh, in the main and, event. And Larry, and Larry I, I, I'll tell you, it's a bizarre. It's obviously a bizarre week because it's week 15. We have two Saturday games this week, and we still have the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. But it's kind of weird how it worked out. I'm counting one, two, and this is from NFL.com, so I'm assuming this is accurate. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games at one o'clock on Sunday. Only two games in the 4 o'clock uh, spot, the Seahawks going to San Francisco, and then obviously New England at Pittsburgh. So there's not a whole lot of options there. It's kind of weird that the NFL would divide it up like that, but they have. That's weird. So actually, I, really most of us will be sewed up by, by that late game. Sorry, I was interrupt you, Larry, but uh, there will only be four games left after, after the early games. That is Sunday. correct. Yep. Yeah, you'll have the two late games and then the Sunday night and the Monday night game. So it, it's, it's interesting. It'll be something that to be paying attention to. Um, uh, for sure. We're talking with Larry Weinhauer, who is, of course, leading the varsity number two in the FFPC heading into week 15, also has an FFPC team in the main event championship round that is contending as well. Uh, let's talk about the varsity uh, league, because you obviously have a, a healthy lead in there right now. You've utilized several big weeks uh, from the uh, Seattle running back, Chris Carson. The backfield was sort of muddled, I guess you can say, uh, at draft time. Not only Carson, uh, but yet Rashad Penny. There is still talk about um, McKissick and, and uh, C.J. Procise in there catching passes. Um, what, what, made, what made Carson stand out to you as a, as a guy who, who really could be a difference maker in your backfield there? Well, it, it, Carson has been huge for me this year. Um, actually, at the beginning of the year, I wasn't playing him a lot um, I, because I had uh, Todd Gurley and um, James Conner. And I had four pretty solid receivers. I was playing at uh, both both my flex positions as a receiver. I would kind of mix him in if he had a real good matchup, and you know one of the receivers didn't. But uh, so he has been helpful, and I'm I'm really counting on him now with with Connor being down. But uh, I really liked Carson last year. Uh, I thought he he was running very strong until he broke his leg, um, and then again, you know, all the reports were he he was coming out uh, pretty healthy. I thought he looked real good in the preseason again. And I know everyone was on Rashad Penny, uh, you know, the new flash that, that's on the team. Um, but I've, I guess I wasn't totally sold on all the hype, uh, even though, you know, Penny's obviously very talented. Um, but Carson, I, I just I, I like the way he ran. And um, where I got him at the end of the sixth round, uh, he was still there. I, I thought he was definitely worth the shot. Dave Carson's another guy I like this week. Uh, I'm playing him in all my leagues that I have him in. Uh, Seattle is going to San Francisco. Uh, however, the Seahawks are a four-point favorite, and Rashad Penny's already been declared out. It could be a boffo week for Chris Carson, so get him in your lineups for sure. Um, a guy that I'm kind of on the fence about uh, going forward, I own him in a couple of spots. He's starting in a couple of my flexes. Not starting in a couple of my flexes. It's Adam Humphreys. Yes, you got him flexed out in a tough matchup in Baltimore, uh, Larry. Are you simply uh, hoping for the best? Do you think uh, Humphreys is a sneaky play this week? Well, I, I'm that's one I'm actually still deciding on a little bit. Uh, why, you know, at the end of the tournaments here, it's, it's tough when you've got these, you know, some people banged up a little bit. Um, this is definitely a tough matchup for him. Um, he, Humphreys has had a great second half of the season. Uh, he last week, he did only have four catches against a tough New Orleans defense, but he was still targeted eight times. So, you know, I feel like they're trying to get the ball to him. Uh, still, um, I'm definitely concerned with Baltimore's defense in Baltimore. You know, they're very solid. Um, but I do feel that Tampa Bay is probably going to be behind. They're probably going to have to throw. And it's, it seems to me that Baltimore is a little more susceptible to pass catchers coming out of the slot as opposed to the outside receivers. So, 
hopefully they're having to throw and, and he can find some space in there and, and get some catches and hopefully in the end zone. Yeah, I feel like I'm 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 not as concerned with Humphreys this week. I'm very concerned, uh, Dave. We you know I do the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show uh, from five to six on AM fifteen seventy and FM ninety five three nine nine on one score in Oshkosh and Appleton. And <laughs> I got to tell you that what my bust of the week, my house of flooring bust of the week. Get on over to see Tom Blobe uh, for all his <laughs> house of, uh, for all your flooring needs. The yeah. carpet. He'll he'll do the carpet, he'll do the hardwood, he'll do whatever. I'm sure Larry will be right My out. house of flooring bust of the week was Mike Evans this week. I uh-huh. think Jimmy Smith uh, could lock him down. I'm not too concerned about Adam Humphreys. I, I I'm I don't think he's going to have a massive week by any means, but I think he's a pretty good not not necessarily a safe bet for double digit points, but I bet he gets there. If I was to set the over under on what he does, it's probably like ten and a half, eleven points. Sure. Uh, I could definitely see him going higher than that, especially if he gets in the end zone. So I think Humphreys is definitely. Uh, an interesting guy uh, as we look forward to that Baltimore game where, Larry, I think you're right. It, it, James Winston is me sling, slinging the rock quite a bit to keep up with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in that game. You have drafted in the main event, Larry. You have drafted in varsity. I, this varsity number two I think is always interesting because it's typically one of the last drafts we have of the entire season. It's one of the last drafts we have on the uh, at the live events weekend. Uh, so everybody kind of knows what everybody's doing. There's no sleepers left anymore. Uh, and typically the guys that you are drafting against already have drafted in the main events as well. Dave, go ahead. Well, right. you also have the hotel staff. They're, they're vacuuming and they're, you know, oh, yeah. they're busting yeah. the tables and like clanking glasses, making all sorts of noise. So it's distracting. They're already setting up, they're already setting up for the uh, software uh, uh, <laughs> conference that's coming in the, the following day. That's right. Uh, yeah, so it's insane. So I'm just kind of curious, when, you, when you're drafting your main event team versus when you're drafting against these other very 11 savvy owners in varsity, how, does your strategy change at all? Is there any, I mean, are you willing to go even higher on guys you like, maybe a round or two higher on guys you like? Are you trying to build the team any differently? Or, or is the strategy, the draft approach, basically the same uh, with, with just a couple of subtle differences between the main event and varsity? I, I would say I definitely don't change my strategy. Um, between the two leagues, um, they are the same scoring format, which which I think is you know most important. And um, I mean, the the varsity league is tough. Not that the main events aren't, but but those guys are all good. And one thing I have learned, if they're, I mean, if there's someone you really like, you you need to be ready to take them a half round or or a round earlier if you really want to get them on your team. So maybe in that regard. But for the most part, I I really don't change my my philosophy. Um, my strategy kind of changes based on my draft position to a degree, um, but I still feel that I'm looking for the best value with each pick. Um, you know, sometimes I'll let a, a position influence my decision if I feel I'm weak in that in a certain area, um, but for the most part, I'm looking for value. Um, the one of the things about the FFPC, I love the dual flex uh, format, and I think with that dual flex format, when you can plug any, any position basically into those other two slots, I think that really supports that strategy, and you really can draft for value. I tend to agree. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if you're saying you like our format, I can't uh, it is, it, Yeah, that. that's music to Dave's ears, no question. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, so Absolutely one. love it. <laughs> here's a wide receiver question for you. If you had to choose one, this is, what is it? Did you sneak in your own lineup question here, Ralph? Um, I am not making – this decision in any of my, despite right. owning these guys in a good number yeah, of leagues this year, do, right? um, I don't think I, I, I don't right. think I own them on any teams where they're right. either both starting or they're both benched maybe or Bryce, whatever. Maybe Bryce not this end. You but never know. Choose one this week. Are you starting Allen Robinson at home against the Green Bay Packers or Corey Davis on the road taking on the New York Giants? Um, 
That is a tough one. Um, I think I'm leaning Davis. Um, I think Chicago spreads the ball around a little more. Uh, so, that, you know, there's some more options there where Davis is more of the main weapon in Tennessee. Um, uh, Davis had a tough matchup last week against Jacksonville's corners, uh, not to mention how Derrick Henry ran the ball, and they didn't really need him. But uh, Tennessee has a lot to play for. Um, I think he'll, he'll be back on his game this week, and I think between the two, um, I would take Davis, although um, everything I'm seeing uh, looks like Robinson hip, Robinson's hip is going to be okay. I, I believe he practiced today in full. And, yep. um, you know, if that's the case, I could see him having a, having a nice day against Green Bay secondary for sure. But I think with the, you know, with the Chicago spreading the ball like they do um, and Davis being more of the, the main receiver there, I think I'd, I'd go there. Yeah, you know, and I'm not seeing it. I mean, the the total on the Titans game, 43.5. The total on the Bears game, 44.5. Um, Bears are 5.5-point favorites. Tennessee is a point-and-a-half favorites. I don't think there's a ton to glean there. I think you hit the nail on the head. The difference to me is Robinson's target share is going to be much, much lower than Corey Davis. I can't see Derrick Henry having, a, a, you know, even a shadow of, of what doing what he did in Week 14, doing, uh, you know, coming anywhere close to it in Week 15. Uh, and I think Davis is a, is a nice bounce-back guy this week. I think I would lean towards Davis as well. Dave, you probably do not own either of these guys in any league, I would imagine. Do you own any shares of Robinson or Davis this year? Oh, yeah, I own some Robinson and Dynasty. Do you have any preference between these two guys this week, Robinson at home against the Packers or, or Davis on the road against the Giants? you know which way you would lean in this? Um, I probably would actually. It's very close. It's not an easy question. I'd probably look at Allen Robinson a little okay. bit. Okay, all right. But it's very close again for you. This is yeah, not... it kind of is right. Fair enough. Uh, let's get to a couple emails here for you, uh, Larry, that came in. First one's Will in Rockville, uh, Connecticut. Excuse me. Hey, Larry, is there any hope for Michael Gallup to be fantasy-worthy for the remainder of the season or in 2019, or is Amari Cooper just going to beast out for the foreseeable future? Thanks, man, and thank you for the email. Will in Rockville, Connecticut. Gallup was a guy that I, I think um, had some preseason shine on him, given the um, lack of, of any proven pass catchers in Dallas this year. And obviously what Amari Cooper has been doing for the Cowboys since they've acquired him has been nothing short of stunning. Uh, but Michael Gallup going forward, is he an afterthought? Is there still something there? How do you read him uh, as far as this uh, Cowboys passing game goes, Larry? I think there's definitely something there for him. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to put up huge numbers. I, he may have, have those occasional games. But uh, I actually like his situation. Uh, you know, coming in as a rookie, uh, you know, they really didn't have a lot of strong receivers, and I think he was getting a lot of attention uh, as he was trying to get acclimated to the, you know, to the pro game. Um, now that Cooper's there, I think he's taking a lot of pressure off. Gallup's more of a secondary guy now, and with his speed – uh, yeah, I think, you know, he's going to see a lot of one-on-one, and, and I think he does he does have some value. I own him in a couple of dynasty spots, Dave. Nothing uh, pleases me more than having the, the heart of the, you know, the pulse of the Cowboys here on the air uh, telling me that there's still some with Michael Gallup, so I like to hear that. Good. Let's go to Lakeland, Florida. It's Mike. What's up, Troy's boys? Do you see Evan Engram closer to the type of player we saw last year or this season when it comes to drafting him in 2019? Uh, thanks for the email, Mike, in Lakeland, Florida. Evan Engram is, is sort of been a, a Jekyll and Hyde type guy. We saw the upside last year. We're seeing the downside this year. I would imagine that the true value lies somewhere in the middle. But what's it closer to? Is it closer to what we saw uh, last season or, or is it closer to, to what we're seeing this year, Larry? What's your read on Evan Engram? 
I I would agree. I think it's probably somewhere in between. Um, I do think you know he's been he's been banged up a little bit this year. Um, I think Eli's had his struggles. Um, I think probably a combination of those those two factors have have downgraded him a bit this year. But I still think he's a talent. I think um, I think I would for next year I would lean a little bit closer to uh, last year than this year. But uh, you know I, I do feel that it's somewhere in between. Dave, final question for uh, for Larry before we uh, cut him loose. Back to the uh, the uh, the fun, the drinks, the the appetizers, the specials of the. Uh, I mean, he's not at work right now. I, I probably not. I'm he just saying. Quite sober. If I know if I know sports bar, I just want to be hanging out there on a Friday night and partying it up. Yeah, if you own a sports bar, it doesn't mean you're all of a sudden an alcoholic or anything. No, that's just everybody in Northeast Wisconsin. That's <laughs> right. that's how that works. Well, there was a, see, everybody in Northeast Wisconsin that is an alcoholic. The, the difference is they think they can own a sports bar. Like, oh, we should open a bar. I hope you're just drunk. Yeah, I hope I hope none of my uh, you're drunk doesn't mean you can run a business. I hope none of my sponsors are listening <laughs> to this right now. No, 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 no. Sponsors mean like AA yeah, no, no, not no. Come on. Right. Um, the uh, the the question, please. Right, sorry, uh, save so us. Larry, give us the guy that a lot of high six players will be starting this week. Is you're probably not be in their lineups, and then also we want a sleeper player that deserves to be in lineups this week. Okay, well, I think uh, a player that should not be in lineups that probably will be, um, the first guy that comes to mind for me is Aaron Jones. Um, I think he's had a, he had a nice second half uh, when he finally started getting some carries. I'm not sure why that took so long. I think he was clearly the best uh, running back on that team. But, uh, you know, he, he's been strong. He runs hard. But uh, being a Todd Gurley owner and seeing what happened last week, I don't have to look any farther than that last game. Um, I do think Chicago's defense is 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 crazy good. Um, I I don't see Aaron Jones really having any running room this week. Um, that probably tra- that probably translates to a degree to Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, you never know what's going to happen in these divisional games. They see each other twice a year. They uh, they know each other so well. But I think Chicago's got got uh, at least in the in any recent history has kind of been the little brother uh, to Green Bay for quite some time, and uh, I think they've got a score to settle. I think they're looking forward to the pack coming into town, and and uh, I, I think that defense is awful tough. Those guys will probably be in lineups. Uh, actually, I actually bench Aaron Rodgers for uh, Phillip Rivers in, in my main event league this week. No, that worked out. Yeah, pretty, so, yeah absolutely. 24? Rivers? Yeah, Rivers 22.95. I, I didn't think it was that high. I thought it, I thought it was like 18 or 19. Yeah, you got those late scores. Yeah, he was in the low 20s. Okay, there you go. All right. Well, I, I, listen, I, I played him in uh, – you know what? I played him in a couple leagues. I should know this. I'm a little I, autistic. I think 23.95 is what I remember. You can't be a, a little <laughs> autistic. You can, right. you can, you can have autism. Artistic. Artistic. Oh, I thought you said autistic. Actually, I did, but don't worry about Oh, all right. Uh, Larry, listen, I'm with you on Aaron Jones for sure. Um, I don't think I have it in me to, to, to bench him in any of the leagues. Uh, I have him going in still. Um, but I definitely have lowered expectations and, and I'm look, uh, looking for other running back options and maybe I can just count on Jones as a flex. What about a sleeper? What about a guy that, that a lot of people will not have in their lineups that you think uh, might have a pretty big week 15? Well, I've got one that uh, I actually kind of kind of uh, contradicts my, my uh, play of the Cincinnati wide receivers, but um, I think Doug Martin could have a big day uh, in Cincinnati. Um, the Raiders seem to be playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, their, their backfield, the, the Raiders backfield is so based on, on game script. 
Um, but I, I think I can see Oakland hanging around in this game. And, uh, you know, I think Gruden wants to run the ball. And, and I can see Martin having a pretty decent day. I think Cincinnati's 32nd or 31st against the run. And uh, I can see Doug Martin having a big day there. Um, another one I, that I actually was looking at is uh, Tevin. I can see Tevin Coleman having a, a, a decent week this week as well. I know he's been in quite a timeshare uh, with Ito Smith, but Smith is banged up a little bit. It uh, looks like he still might play, but he may be limited. Um, against that Arizona run defense at home uh, for Atlanta, I, I think Coleman could bounce back and have a good week too. So those, those I would say Doug Martin would be my first choice and, and possibly Tevin Coleman. What do you think about that? Doug Martin, Tevin Coleman? You on yeah, board? Both, I, I, both good to me. I could see it happening uh, for sure. Uh, you know, I, again, not guys that, that are slam dunk starters, but definitely guys that you should be looking at. And, and, and honestly, I'll tell you, I, I think I have Coleman in a couple of lineups right now. Uh, as well. Larry, listen, this has been fun. Uh, we, we certainly enjoyed you dropping by uh, the HSFF hour this week. Good luck in varsity. Uh, I know that uh, you have what it takes to bring that home with, uh, with two weeks left. Uh, you have a good lead in there and you have a very, you put together a very talented team. Same thing with main event. Uh, who knows what can happen? Uh, I know uh, you are hoping uh, that uh, better things are in store week 15, week 16, and certainly you have a couple of weeks to make up some ground to get uh, near the top of the leaderboard there. I'll be rooting for you. And I definitely would uh, would like to talk to you again at some point. Good luck the rest of the way. And thanks again so much for being our guest tonight. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. That is Larry Weinhauer, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, leader in the varsity number two competition uh, in the FFPC main event championship round as well. Uh, definitely. In comp- I think he's like, I want to say coming into last week, he was like top 40, somewhere around there, top 50. Um, and, I, and, and he alluded to, like, oh, my week 14 wasn't my best. But, you know, you, it, can, it can change on a dime. Look at you. Let's, let's talk about Kentucky. You moving up last night as the lone, and I talked to Commissioner Farrell Elliott today, the lone team in the FFPC championship, in the KFFSC championship round, excuse me, to start one Damian Williams was Dave Gerzak. And well, you are, you. You are sitting in eighth place overall now. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, hopefully I'll get up there to, even close to the top, so I can screw up a last decision in week 16 and blow it off. Well, here's the thing. I don't think you can screw that up, and I'm going to tell you why. The team just isn't that If good. it comes down to it, Dave, <laughs> and you need to know who to flex out. Oh, I know who to ask. You know who to ask, <laughs> and it's not a decision. You dial up at Tupacker on Twitter. You say, here are my choices. You pick, and it's totally on you. <laughs> I am not putting any ounce of That's thought right. into this. Yep. You make the call. And uh, go with God. The good news is I don't have uh, Kenny Galladay, so uh, Meyer says next year is Kenny Galladay's year, so I don't have to. Oh really? Is that is that the? Uh, That's I can been one of his running uh, running things. But okay, twenty five point six is the real score for. Rivers. You know what? You know why I thought it was in the, it was in the low teens. I had him going in the uh, the Scott Fishbowl d- uh, Division Championship. And they're, they're scoring in It's it's, it's different. Be. I'm not going to say it's whack, but it's different. And it's it was whack. like hey, he had like eighteen or nineteen in, in that league, and I thought it was similar, but it's not. Um, so that's that's why I thought that. Um, Kenny Galladay, don't you think he's going to be a, a riser though next year? I feel like he's going to go to because I yeah, feel he like said next year is easier. year. That's what Meyer said. Yeah, but I feel like everybody's going to have that opinion. And he's going to go insanely high. I'm sure he will. I probably won't own. Him. Yeah, I probably won't own him either. It's that's it gets a little, gets to be a little bit out of control. I thought he was overrated this year. I mean, look at what he did. He had a couple of good games. I, I was, yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, my concern with him this year, not necessarily was his talent, but he was number three. Uh, 
in the targets between Jones and and, yeah, uh, and Tate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jones was not clear to take. Tate was one I think we advocated for a bit, but I'm going to get straighted. Right. You know, I, by the way, I don't think you know Stafford is just not that great. He's not doing well, and I just, they're struggling overall. You know who the best player probably was from a fantasy perspective on that Detroit team? Oh uh, yeah, you Ron, who went to the Colts. No, no, no I, <laughs> that, that's funny, <laughs> but kidding. no, uh, seriously. Who's the one guy that you like to own him while while he was healthy and start him? Yeah, Kerry Johnson. Kerry Johnson. Yeah, yeah that that was the guy, I think, and that's a guy that I probably again he'll he'll probably ascend next year, and I, I won't get him in a lot of spots, but he was great, especially if he went zero RB this year. That same team, oh, by the way, I started um, Damian Williams over Theo Riddick, and now right. I'm just, I still have Riddick as an option with Chris Carson. I think I'm starting Carson right now, but like my concern is Carson is still touchdown dependent, but they are four. He's not. Favorites. He's not that touchdown dependent. I mean, he really isn't. He doesn't score more than 15 points a game, and usually when he does, he gets a touchdown. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look this up. Uh, do you own a lot of Chris Carson? I do. Yeah. All right, so do I. Um, it, it seems like when he scores like 12 or 13, doesn't score, then he actually gets two or three catches. But he doesn't. He doesn't have like 25 point weeks, generally speaking. Or you know, he gets. I think it's 13 point weeks. Right. Okay. So I just have this up on on NFL.com right now. So this is not going to give me uh, true fantasy points. Son of a gun. This is. I, I can pull it up if you want to talk about whatever you got to talk about. Um. <laughs> I have it. It's just I need to zoom this in. This is so annoying. God. All right, you you pull it up because this is this is really awful. I've, I I mean I alluded to this a little bit when we were talking to Larry. I really like Chris Carson this week. Um, uh, Kurt Awe and I it, we hold a, roughly about a hundred and two point lead in our Kentucky auction. That's we're, a huge. That's nice. We're de- yeah. we're deploying him as our flex. I feel great about it. Um, I can't remember if it's break time bulky or oh my goodness in the Kentucky main event. One of those teams has him as 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 their flex there. I feel great about it. I mean, I, I, I honestly think he's probably he was actually. I'll tell you this, Dave, to bring it back to the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show. My Schmidty's tickets sleeper of the week was in fact Chris Carson. By the way, call Schmidty's tickets if you have uh, <laughs> oh, right. any ticket. Okay, but um, go ahead. Do you have the Carson? Yeah, I have his numbers. Okay. So in his last four weeks. All right. He has range. This last four weeks, his range in fantasy points is between thirteen point eight. And fifteen point zero. Okay, so he's yeah. like he's like peak Frank Gore. That's <laughs> what scored, you're talking about. He scored touchdowns in three of those four games. All right, okay, so maybe. He, yeah. But he ran a system run sweet. And then the other game, he didn't do it. He had three catches for thirty nine yeah. yards. Um, but you're right. I mean, there. But the point is, though, he is getting it done. Yeah. And they really went. No so Rashad Penny this week, by the way. That's actually a very good point. And inside, the, and there were four point favorite. You mentioned it. And when they're inside the four yard line, yeah, every once in a while Wilson will do his little fake and then runs in and throws a touchdown. But usually they just. Pound, pound, pound until Carson scores. Yeah. So they really do try and get him at least. A, I, feel, I feel like the offensive coordinator just owns him and wants to get him a touchdown a game. Well, that and the fact they don't want to Ricardo lock at the situation again, like uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, that there's something to be said to that. Yeah, that's as a great well. point, actually. Uh, let's move on, Dave, and, and get to the fantasy flash. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, Roto Pass, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Leading things off is the wrong sheet. I have in front of you. This segment brought to you by The Wrong Sheet. Hey, why don't you put your pages in order, Balky? This is The Wrong Sheet. Austin Hooper, knee problem, ankle problem. Apparently, he is going to play in week 15 against Arizona. This according to D. Orlando Ledbetter on Twitter. He returned to practice today uh, in a limited fashion and was removed from the injury report. Not even listed on there. Uh, He is uh, getting... The same amount of snaps uh, on the field over the last few weeks, but over his last four games, they have from a fantasy uh, standpoint, 18 catches, 
139 yards and just one score. That's not the worst for tight ends. You'd, yeah, I know. And I bring this up because you don't feel great about using Hooper, but tight end premium format, if you're in a bind, you need to make up some points. Is this the type of guy that you want to deploy as, as maybe a second flex? Uh, no, I mean, not, as a second flex, no. I think you're then starting these wide receivers. Even like a guy who actually kind of sucks, but like, like Sterling Shepard, who really does suck, but because uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is out, he has more of an opportunity. You know, and that last time ODB was out, I think he scored a touchdown and had to hurt, you know, like three for 20 or a touchdown. Hey, who is this? I'm sorry. Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, okay. Yeah, he's really, I mean, he's really been terrible. You don't like him. I mean, I own him in spots, and that's why I don't like him, because I've started him. Why, I don't say so you, why do you own him? You, I just drafted him. Like as a number four, or number five receiver or something like that? a number something receiver, yes. Well, hopefully not three. Well, who gives it? Well, I'm draft? just telling, I'm I telling mean, you. If I draft someone as a three and I pick up Tyler Boyd, oh, wow, that's okay. Now you're number four. I didn't. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. Okay. Sterling Shepard. As long as we're on the subject, and I don't think we have it. Um, no, we do have the rest of the way, so I won't bring it up. I'll, I'll bring it up in a little but bit. We'll, but, we'll get to Sterling Shepard in a, in a second. But, but the go point ahead. is, back to his, as a second plus, I'd prefer to start somebody else. Like CJ Uzuma, I'd actually rather start if I was starting okay. with a tight end. Um, you know, just as those are just examples. Uh, yes, I, I realize that. Um, <laughs> do, do you? Uh, what about Ian Thomas? Against yeah, he's the actually he's actually a pretty good start. Would you rather play him over over Austin Hooper? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what. I would. I, he caught, I believe he had nine catches on 11 targets last week. Yeah, I would. I mean, he's hot right now. Why not? By the way, he was my uh, Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football show. Oh, Papa oh, Murphy's pickup oh. of the week, Ian Thomas. Um, Papa Murphy's is good. We, we are hitting on the only thing we need <laughs> getting, to do. Getting a lot of ads the only here. one I haven't hit on is your Gusman go-to stud, <laughs> uh, which we might get into later you on. You made $4. Um, hard what about Chris Herndon? I know you like Chris Herndon, tight end for the Jets. Uh, I do not like him over Hooper. Okay. But I, I do like Herndon overall. I think Thomas, he's got, you know, he's, there's so many, you know, you got McCaffrey's getting a bunch of catches. Right. DJ Moore, mm-hmm. uh, Curtis Samuel. And so Thomas gets to be this forgotten guy. Now, again, he is the fourth target in the scheme, but yeah. uh, totally forgotten as Funches. So Funches is out, and Thomas is actually getting some looks, too. Uh, Austin Hooper or Jimmy Graham against the Bears? Do you have a preference there? Is it still Hooper? Do you still like Hooper better than Graham? Um, I, I'll, I, I'll tell you this right I, now. I do, actually, I'd yeah. rather play Hooper over, the, over Graham. Yeah, Graham is so terrible. A hit or miss. Okay, his last one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Yeah. Five of the seven, he's had 5.4 points or fewer in just PPR action. That's terrible. Last one I'll bring up. Um, Austin Hooper at home against the Cardinals or Kyle Rudolph also at home against the Dolphins. I'll take Rudolph. Rudolph. Okay, fair enough. T.Y. Hilton is questionable with an ankle injury for the Cowboys game this weekend, according to Kevin Bowen on Twitter. Hilton did not practice Wednesday. He did not practice Thursday. And, oh, guess what? Did not practice Friday. Frank Reich said the team is uh, going to see how he responds over the next 24 hours, but basically he is a true game-time decision. Out. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, you believe, is out. Yeah, if you don't practice at all, you almost never play. Almost. Almost. Um, let me ask you this. If he is active, Dave, let, let's say you're, you're probably planning for him not to be active at this point. That is a game at one, I believe, Yes, that is a 1 o'clock game. He's active. Are you rolling him out there? I'm trying not to. I feel like we have another would-you-rather in us like, here. Cowboys wide receiver defense is like, they're top five, man. They're outstanding. Yeah, they are good. T.Y. Hilton or Allen Robinson? Robinson. 
Hmm, got to go deeper. T.Y. Hilton or the new Eric Ebron, Cortland Sutton? Oh, man, I got to start a Hilton then. T.Y. Hilton. Sutton, Sutton's still a crappy rookie. Let me ask you this. How, this is an interesting one. This is a guy that I was not on this year. I'm still not a believer in. T.Y. Hilton or Curtis Samuel against the Saints at home? Um, at no, home I, as in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mind starting Samuel, but I think I would have to still start Hilton just because he's been, he's been doing it for so much longer. Samuel's still low to hit him uh, Hilton or Kenny Galladay at the Bills? Hilton. Hilton. Oh, you're gonna say DJ Moore. Uh, let's say. I probably would say DJ Moore. You know, you know, even though Samuel is producing similarly, but I, I feel like Moore is a more talented player and a little bit more guaranteed to get targets. So you're gonna say and, Moore and snaps. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. T. Y. Hilton or, or my my BFF Corey Davis. Um, I would start Corey Davis. I'd actually. Oh, interesting. Corey Davis. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think that's that's where we'll leave it on that one. There's not a whole much, a whole lot of other fantasy analysis to glean. All right. Let's talk about this Buccaneers situation and uh, as far as the wideouts go. Deshaun Jackson officially ruled out today against the Ravens, according to Scott Smith on Twitter. He's still having this thumb issue. It's going to be Mike Evans. It's going to be Chris Godwin. It's going to be Adam Humphreys in the three wide receiver sets uh, when Tampa utilizes it. Baltimore may have the best secondary in the league. Um, I'm curious if you you're playing Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, is he a guy that that you you basically have to flex out if you get the chance, given his talent, given the fact that Winston's going to be throwing it a lot. Um, uh, you know, even despite the Baltimore secondary. Yeah, actually, I would. I mean, Godwin had got off a week last week, two point three points, but he had ten targets in one catch. Uh, otherwise, he's averaging 11.6 points a game. So if you take that other game out, he's averaging probably 13 or 14, whatever. So, you know, he's a pretty productive player. Without Deshaun Jackson, I think you've got to roll him out there, even at Baltimore with their tough defense. I could be wrong on this. I believe Adam Humphreys went four for 40 last week. If you somehow had both of them, are you playing Godwin over Humphreys? Yeah, I would. Okay. Is it just the talent aspect, the fact that he's going to be playing on the outside, has a better shot at, at touchdowns, or, or what is it? I think it's mostly talent. I mean, okay. I mean, he did actually out-target you know, Humphreys just by a couple points, by a couple targets, so that's it. All right, I'm going to say this right now. I'm not willing to put five on it, but I do like Humphreys better this week than Godwin. Well, then your opinion doesn't mean much if you're not willing to bet it. Would you bet it? <laughs> sure, who cares? All right, you know what? Screw you. I got Adam Humphreys. More fantasy points in week yeah, 15. I haunted you into a bet, baby. Yep. I'll take Chris Godwin I, for five bucks. I got five. I got five. You lousy squeegee. Oh, God. You old shoehorn, Dave. All right, so I have Humphreys. You have Godwin. Usually not a good bet to bet on the white receiver, but I'm going to do it in this uh, yeah. situation. <laughs> Odell Beckham, with his quad injury, was ruled out for the Titans game, according to Giants beat writer on Twitter, Jordan Renan. Actually, he's the beat writer everywhere, but this is where we got this uh, report. The Frenchman, Jordan Renan. He's French? I don't know, it just sounds kind of French. Jordan Renan sounds French to you? <laughs> really? It doesn't look French. No, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound French either. Anyway, go ahead. It's about as French as a French fry, I'll tell you that. Jordan Renan! <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, you sold me. Odell Beckham <laughs> was limited in practice on Wednesday. Uh, he did not practice Thursday. Uh, Pat Shermer says that he's had no setbacks, but he just cannot go. So, obviously, this makes you feel a little bit better about Saquon Barkley um, and because they, they, they utilized him heavily last week when, when they didn't have Beckham. Uh, Evan Engram probably gets an upgrade. He probably is more likely to be in your FFPC starting lineup uh, than on your bench. 
The Titans have allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends this year, Dave. So maybe this goes to the point you were making earlier. This could be a good Sterling Shepard week. Yeah, I mean, last week, what Odell Beckham missed. I and mean, then Shepard went off. Let's take a look at what he did. All right, Whoa. let's do it. Do you have it up? Yeah, I do. Two for 17 and a touchdown. Woof. Shepard is a piece of crap. He sucks. I mean, two for 17 and a touchdown when Beckham's not even playing? Actually, you know what? Manning is also a piece of crap. So they both are not very good players. Um, a bad slot receiver. Yeah. Catching passes from a terrible aging quarterback that should be put out to pasture. Okay. Uh, and sent to the glue factory. That's it. You know. I'm going to switch to a non-fantasy discussion for the next <laughs> 40 to 50 seconds. All right. Ask your expert opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Is the starting quarterback week one for the New York Giants in 2019, is he on the roster right now? I would, well, for the starter, I don't even know who else they have, but I would guess him. Kyle Lalletta is the backup. He's like a fourth or fifth round pick this year. I wouldn't think so. I mean, okay. they just got to draft somebody super early. Nah. Uh, in Also, in your expert opinion, Dave, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm an expert. Go ahead. So, Eli Manning, I, I'm assuming you're, you're saying, is not going to be a giant next year, right? Uh, that would be the argument. Who do you think, he, who do you think he, he is starting for next year? Because obviously, no one. really? He's just signed as a backup? If he, I mean, unless he retires or whatever. I mean, he's just—I really don't think he's starting for. Who's who wants him to start? Can I can I throw you a team that that is? Please go ahead. I don't care. Okay, when I say um, they've had quarterback issues, when I say that they they've had a pretty good defense, they have a strong running game. Um, they don't always make the best personnel decisions, and I and they're in the AFC, and they may or be may or may not be in the South Division. Is there a possibility that Eli Manning could be the starting quarterback? for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2019? I I don't think so. Okay. All right. I mean, you, you know, at that point, you have an open revolt of season ticket holders. To follow Bortles, followed by Eli? Yeah. I mean, that's a narrative that's just a little bit too... But I feel like if you're a Jaguars season ticket holder, you've already made your bet. I guess so. I mean, so I, the I, water's I, bad in Florida, but it's not that bad. <laughs> not bad enough to make the Eli to, for starting yeah, quarterback? Just, you know, you know. just as a stopgap. <laughs> Put, a lemon, put, a, put some lemon in there. Here's what you do. Who's the kid from Missouri? Drew Locke? So you take him in the first round, you get Eli for the stopgap, and then you, it's 2020 is the year of Locke. Lock <laughs> it up in 2020, baby. Yeah, it's been proven this year with a really solid quarterback class. A lot of times you should just – if you don't have a really terrible offensive line, I think you just roll those guys out there. I mean, like, you roll the rookies out there, give them a shot. If you yeah. have a bad offensive line, they're getting chased around like crazy. Like, what was it, Jalen? Well, not Jalen Ramsey, but uh, Patrick Ramsey. Yeah. The Redskins, oh, he got God. scared out of the league. Yeah. Who was it? Was Spurrier was his coach, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, he destroyed seven, him. He's running seven-step drops all the time with a dog crap offensive you, line. You talk about Kyle – or Kyle, talk about Mike Shanahan destroying Robert Griffin's career. I mean, it was way worse than Spurrier and Patrick Ramsey. Right. Yeah, you should have sued him. Well, yeah, I can't comment on that. He's furious. He was terrible. He was, uh, he was not a great coach um, in the NFL. Um, yeah, have you realized on that, on that note, have you seen the fantasy numbers that Josh Allen has put up over the last three weeks? Oh, he's, cr- he's crushing it because he rushes. And by the way, most of, all, most of his rushes, I can't say off, are um, off of scrambles. They're, yeah. they're, not, they're not like Lamar Jackson where right. you know, they're really trying to run him. He's just off there just running around, and he's awesome at it. Yeah. I, I just – if you – They should do that. Have him run on purpose. If you started Josh Allen over the last three weeks, I don't care who your other quarterback was unless it was Mahomes, you're probably loving life. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm going to load this up right now because I, I got to believe he might be the, the second-best quarterback oh. over the last three weeks. I'm going to load it up. By the way, I don't even know if I didn't do this, but I forgot. And Carrington Allen is available. 
and I have Rosen as a spare QB, and I only have one bidding dollar left. You can still get. Oh, yeah, you can still get him. Yeah, but I'm in the playoffs, and I, I don't want you know I don't want to like risk my last kicker dollar. Oh, you, know, you only I, have one kicker. Yeah, I have one yeah. dollar. I have one kicker, and I don't want to risk it on taking a backup quarterback and also my kicker gets hurt. Yeah, that's. Although issue. I might be losing a Meyer this week after I talk smack to him on Twitter, and then I have Keenan Allen go for zero and Tyreek go for like seven or whatever he went for. All right, so I have it right here, Dave. Over the last three fantasy weeks, as far as players go, Josh Allen is the number. Three player. Wow, that's great. Now, I don't have FFPC scoring, and it's tight end nonsense. <laughs> but I can tell you, he is the number three player overall. He is the number one quarterback overall over the last three weeks. 27.9, 35, and 26.4. He is just behind. Can you guess the two players in front of him? Uh, okay, yeah, which position? Uh, running, number one's a running back. Number two's a wide receiver. In the last two weeks? In the last three weeks. Weeks 12, 13, and 14. This will be fun. <laughs> so running back and wide receiver. Number one is a running back. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll, t- I'll even do this. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what they did. The running back went 46.7 in week 12. Oh, McCaffrey. That's correct. Okay. It, and uh, the number two player is a receiver. In week 12, he went for 38. In week, oh, Amari Cooper. There you go. Yeah, I didn't even have yeah. to say all of them. Yeah. Do you know what he did last week, by the way? Cooper? Yeah. 49? 49.7. 49.7. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually in a Kentucky, um, <clears throat> uh, just a redraft, like a satellite-type league. And you have both? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you that story in a second. Um, I have Amari Cooper in that league, and I've been rolling him out there. And I, I, didn't, I didn't really think I had a shot. And I, I, Vince Staffolino, former guest of the show, is sure. in first place. And I'm like a point and a half behind him. Nice. And then third place is like 50 points behind us. So it's literally like a two-team race. Nice. The, and the only reason I'm in it is, is because of Amari Cooper. Wow. Here's the awful thing. Um, in the, one of the Kentucky I Want Vegas leagues, I missed the playoffs. I, I, here's the thing. I had the third best re- Six teams make the playoffs. I had the third best record. I missed the playoffs. Because my team was so terrible. Don't you get the points in there? It's best record points, best record points, points, points. And I was the third lowest scoring team in the league. Oh, so you're just, yeah, you're so, just trying to yeah. sneak in. I had Prescott and Amari Cooper in that league. Oh, man. So I am just Killing wasting everybody. Yeah. And uh, I just missed it by for, one game. For not. It was all for not, yeah. That, that is a great fantasy team name for me as well. <laughs> all right, let's get to fantasy feedback here uh, with just a few minutes left in the show. Uh, first email tonight is from Ross in Hilton Head, South Carolina. You ever vacation in Hilton Head, Dave? I have. It's actually excellent. If they have, you can rent bikes and go down the beach. It's really a good good time. Did you um? What did yeah, you really do? Restaurants. Did you rent like a just like a beach house or something, or what did you do? Well, we rent we rented a. It was like a I think it was a. I want to say a timeshare, and uh, that wasn't the best idea necessarily. Yeah. But it was we we had a view a view of the. Ocean, that was great. All right. Well, maybe next time you can reach out to Ross and Hilton Head and wow. see if you can just bunk up with him. Hilton Head's a good time. Sea Pines is the area you want to be in. All right. I don't. I don't know if that's where he is. The sea, the, they're all on plantations. The Sea Pines plantation. It's not the bad place. Well, it used to be a bad plantation, but now it's okay. Yeah. Maybe Ross is in the projects of Hilton Head, <laughs> South Carolina. You don't want to stay with him. I have no idea. Uh, he writes. Just saw Kroll got placed on IR this morning. You guys cool with me flexing Elijah McGuire this week? Then appreciate you. That's Ross in Hilton not Head, really. South Carolina. Not You're not cool. cool with it. I'd be cool if you flexed out somebody else, hopefully. Um, Elijah McGuire is going to be the lead back. I would I would imagine that Trenton Cannon is the uh, is the guy who spells him. They host the Texans on Saturday. 
Uh, you do not like him. Do you like do you like Doug Martin better than I'm assuming? Yeah, you know, honestly, not much. I mean, McGuire, you know, I don't, you know, it's still Doug Martin. He's still on the Raiders. I think McGuire's actually an all right start. He'll okay. probably get you 10 to 12 to 14 points in that neighborhood, is my guess, with a few catches here and there, and maybe a 50-50 shot of a touchdown. Let me throw a couple other names at, at you here real quick. A guy that you were considering in your starting lineup in one of your leagues this week, Theo Riddick, is at the Bills. Would you rather play him over Elijah McGuire? I would, and the reason I would is I feel safer. Um, it, I think the either the Lions will be close or they'll be losing. I think Riddick's going to have a lot of targets. Bruce Ellington's going to miss. Yep. So I think that he's going to command a lot of those targets uh, that Ellington will be gone. What about the Miami Miracle himself, Kenyon Drake, at Minnesota? I'm not feeling Drake this week on the road okay. at Minnesota. I just, for some reason, he's, he's also super hitter. I assume he gets like seven or eight carries a game because the coaches are idiots. The forgotten man in the Titans' backfield, Deion Lewis, um, at the Giants. I think, I think, I think at that point, I would probably – Play Lewis over McGuire just because I I'm w- I've been with you on all these so far, by the way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'm a little scared because I think Henry actually could go off again. And what was the motivation? That, and this is, this is a rumor I heard that they just told Henry to go and play like what to, to play like a badass or something. Or to, I to did try. not hear this. I, I mean, I don't understand how. Yeah, you when they told him like, hey, this listen, Derek, we know you've been mailing it in for 13 <laughs> weeks. This week. I want you to try. I almost feel like it's, I feel like it's that Jim Gaffigan stand-up where he's talking about how, why col- the college bowling teams need a coach. Like, what what are you telling these guys? Like, all right, Johnson, this time go up there, try to knock all the pins down. <laughs> you sure, coach? Death do it, son. I feel I feel like it's Sandra Bullock pulled him by the helmet and went up to the coach and he said, "Oh yeah, pretend like he's part of your family." Yeah. To the coach and the team and everybody, uh, protect those guys. I don't know. I mean, Can you believe Sandra Bullock won the Best Actress award at the Oscars for that movie? Are you serious? I am dead serious. For the Blind Side. For the Blind Side. Oh yeah. my God, that's, that, I mean, her acting was so over the top and bogus. Totally and, agree. Yeah, totally agree. Was, you know, I also think that Denzel's acting in Training Day was terrible. We've, we've had this conversation. Well, before. not on the show, have we? I mean, because I, I just feel like oh, I don't know about that. Denzel's show. a great actor, and so then they have him act like ghetto black, and then they give him the award for that. I mean, yeah. give me a break. I brought that up in some of my uh, radio TV film classes yeah. at Oshkosh. Um, like, you know, a guy's in Philadelphia, and he's like right. fantastic, and all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, what's up, dog? He says dog like 50 times. Right. Tell us the best actor. Um, well, and he's I think that's the, like a makeup call. Kind of Rome, like Rome, he was uh, nominated for Roman J. Esquire um, and did not win for that. He's been nominated a lot of times uh, and, and did not win. That's a makeup call, just like the, the whole game last night was a big makeup call. It was a big makeup call. Yeah, there's all these bad calls, and then they just finally gave you to the charges. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did you think that that last pass interference penalty when Mike Williams tried to one-hand that one in the end zone, do you think that was pass interference? Uh. No, I, I, to- I totally did. You I did? totally, I, if I was that official, I would have totally thrown that flag. I so, didn't but the, but here's the thing. When they showed the replay five times, they showed, they didn't show the whole play. They didn't show him push off. And then like the guy's hand was there. They, they just showed the last like mini clip. Wait, wait a minute. Who did you think it was pass interference on? Or- on, on Williams. He was pushed, he pushed off. And then like, he oh, I, no, I thought it was pass interference on the Chiefs guy because he's pulling Williams' arm down. The reason his arm was even connected was because he pushed off and he was trying to. I, I, listen, I saw all they the only, angles. They only, yeah, but they only showed the last like three seconds of the play. It was like a. So they didn't show the, when he pushed off. All, all I know is if Mike Williams pushes off, that does not cause that. Uh, who is it? Uh, the guy they got from Washington. Uh, By the uh, way, that, the whole pass wasn't even catchable either. Oh, dude, it's Mike Williams. Anything, anything's catchable like with Mike sucks. Williams. 
There was one other point I was going to make with, with the best <laughs> actor thing, and I can't remember what it was now, but it's, it's not important. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Gravity. Did you see Gravity? Oh, yeah, I did. She was much better than that. I don't even know. If she, she might, actually, she might have won it for that, too. She might be, have won it twice now. But she was fantastic. The fact that she won the same award for those two movies is, is unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move well, on. Meryl Streep doesn't win it. I guess they just give it to her. Well, Meryl Streep just gets nominated every single year, and I think she wins it every six years, and that's sort yeah. of like... Hey, what, what sucky movie that no one saw is Meryl Streep in this year? Yeah. <laughs> this, by the way, this could be the other podcast we do. Just talking about random crap. I don't... I don't well, I, I feel like this podcast is already we're talking about well, random less, crap. Less than that. Um, all right, here, here's one. Dan in Oakland. Not sure it matters a ton, but it matters a little for my teams. Could you guys play a Yaman or nine with Eagles, assuming Nick Foles plays Sunday? Do you assume Nick Foles is going to play Sunday? Versus who? Carson Wentz. Yeah. Is Wentz not even listed as all? He had a fractured back. Uh, well, they, they're saying that he can play through it. Uh, it's, not a, uh, it's a question of whether he can hurt it worse. And if it's just a pain thing, I think he'll be out there since they're still, they could still make the playoffs, which is unbelievable to me. Um, but I'm assuming I am with you. You have a Super Bowl winning quarterback behind him. I would deploy Foles. Wentz should just stay home and shave that stupid red red mustache slash beard off his face. I don't think it's stupid. It looks terrible on him. You ready to do a Yaman or nine? Yeah. I am going to push the buttons, as Rob has already wielded it in here. And you are going to give <laughs> Thanks, me. The, you are going to give <laughs> me. Traffic is getting a little rickety. You are. <laughs> did you hear the squeaking? Needs a little WD forty. Yeah, I think so. Did you? Um, did you have a list of, of Eagles skill guys that you can give me or just so – I'm, I'm saying it to you. Yeah, I mean, like, just do, like, you know, Josh Adams. I always look at this like this is a test of who I know uh, there You can look at it that way. But, like, Adams and Sproles in the backfield, I would imagine. Clements on IR, so you don't do him. Jeffrey, Aguilar, yeah, yeah. Golden Tate, Zach Ertz, yeah, yeah, Dallas yeah. Goddard. I think that pretty much covers it. <laughs> and you can go in whatever order All right, Goddard. you please. Goddard's a Nazi. Nine, 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 nine. This is actually, how do you, how do you nine the Nazi? Dallas Goddard, he's a German. Is he a Nazi? Goddard, that's he's a German. He's not a Nazi. That, there's well, plenty, are, all family, Germans are not Nazis. His, really? That would make you and I Nazis. He's, his family's Nazi. I, I don't, why would you even, <laughs> I don't even understand why you'd say something like that. All right, probably not, but it's right. a very German name. I, I, I guess I didn't realize, but okay. Deckers. <clears throat> yeah, man! All right, the, the buttons are not working very fast tonight, but okay, go ahead. No, Nelson Aguilar. Nine, 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 nine. Just, I mean, like, just take the quarterback out of the equation. He's just been awful since they got Golden Tate. Uh, speaking of that, Golden. Yeah, man. Still seeing a lot of targets. I mean, I know he hasn't been lighting it up or whatever, but I'm, I'm still flexing him out even with Foles. Uh, the Angels, Darren Stroll. Gotta have better options than Darren Sproles. You just gotta. Uh, Josh, I scored 3.8 points. Yeah, man. <laughs> I said, listen, you, they, they might ride him hard. Um, you know where Josh Adams went to college? Notre Dame. Uh, no, he went to Adams College. The home of the Reds and Nerds, Adams College. Are you serious? No, he went to Notre Dame. All right, Adams I didn't know where you are going with that. The Adams, A-T-O-M-S, Adams. All right, okay. so Alshon Jeffries. Yeah, man. You know what's funny is, Kurt and I have him on that auction team in Kentucky, and I think we've started him like twice this season. Um, and I and I feel like I was trying to like look for ways to get him in our lineup this week because I I think that he will have have a reawakening uh, a little bit with with Nick Foles. I I just I can't find a way to do it. We have one more player. Um, 
in, in uh, his apparently his brother was on uh, the something about Mary he was on the TV earlier. Uh, okay. Chris Elliott. So it's his brother Jake Elliott. The kicker. Yeah, man. All right. Deal gold bonanza. <laughs> Very nice. Or Nick Foles. So there you go. That Hopefully that helps you out. What about Foles himself? The man named man Foles. Uh, in like an FFPC league? Sure. Nine, 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 Can't, cannot pull the trigger on that, my friend. Cannot do it. All right, fair enough. Let's move on to the next email, which is from John in Milledgeville, Georgia. Dear Sean and Kyle. In a quandary this week after ODB got ruled out, who do I stick in, Josh Reynolds or Dante Pettis? Thanks, fellas. That's John in Milledgeville, Georgia. Dave, um, Dante Pettis is taking on the Seahawks at home. Josh Reynolds is also at home on Sunday night football against Nick Foles' Eagles. I think I'm leaning Pettis myself. I am too. And the only thing that gives me pause is he was actually added to the injury report with a foot injury. Mm. Um, And I believe he was added on Thursday. I might actually have to reconsider, to be honest. I'm trying to get uh, um, a read on this as far as what he did today. Um, Pierre Garçon obviously out for the year. Marquise Goodwin may or may not play. Partially practiced today. So he had a limited practice. I mean, it's going to be George Kittle. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's, here's, here's what I'll tell John in Milledgeville, Georgia. I'm going to play Pettis. If he is inactive, you still have the option to play Reynolds on Sunday night football against that terrible Eagles secondary. I'm going to roll the dice with Pettis, and uh, the only way I play Reynolds is if, if Pettis is listed as inactive or if I hear some weird report that he might be a decoy or not, might not – play a full complement of snaps, which I can't I don't anticipate hearing anything like that, but if I do, then I will sit him if he's active. But that's the only way. Yeah, that makes sense actually. I mean, you could argue that the that the Rams are really gonna come back after that awful performance against the Bears and just light it up. They I no question they're gonna light it up. I, I think Goff just shreds them. But how much of that goes to Reynolds when you have Woods and Cooks? Yeah honestly I actually I think I think Gurley has like a three touchdown day. I think it's gonna be one of those days where I mean, Goff could light it up, but I really feel like Gurley's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. No, okay. it can be situational. Who knows what happens? Okay. So, I mean, Cooks is the main man, of course. And, and what are the, what's the chances that, that, that Gurley, you know, struggle? Because, I mean, the Eagles, say what you will with the Eagles' defense, the rush defense has actually been pretty good. Um, but what are the chances that Gurley struggles again two weeks in a row? Yeah, I don't think so. It's, 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 probably, it's, it's as, uh, as the kids say, uh, what are the chances? Slim and none, and Slim just left town. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I used that at work this week for the first time. So yeah, how'd it go? Uh, not great. Let's uh, move on. Two in a row. Final email tonight. <laughs> Final email tonight. Uh, hey Dave and Balky, you guys are my tiebreaker this week. Uzuma or Burton? Either you both have to agree or don't give me an answer. That's Josh in Millersport, Ohio. So we, have to, we have to confirm we, each other. We, first yeah, because I feel I I think he's saying that. We're already the tiebreaker, and he doesn't want us to tie okay. on it. So we have to we have to come to an agreement. Right, so that's actually a secret ballot offense, so it's official. Well, we'll just say it at the count of three because that's better for radio. Okay. Don't write it down. Okay. So C.J. Uzuma is at home against the Raiders. Trey Burton is at home against the Packers. All right? Yeah, All right. sure. So we'll say the guy's first and last name. All right. <laughs> sure. All right, count of three. One, two, three. CJ Uzuma. There you go. All right. Perfect. All right. So Uzuma, I have to play Burton in a league this week, which is really unfortunate. 
Remember um, when he was the hype guy? Oh yeah, I that was I, just weeks ago. That was I, only like eight weeks ago. I took him in the the Carrington Dynasty uh, rookie draft at like the two, like the two oh six. I want to say. And thought I was getting a steal on him. Like, oh man, I got to flip him because I already had Greg Olson and, and OJ Howard. And um, and I still may do that in the off season. But the way that the Bears spread the ball around, I I, I can't imagine. Um, he was, you know, remember? I can remember the whole. We should really just revisit this. He was the thirty million dollars signing. Right. He never had a great NFL season, but oh my God, I mean, you can easily extrapolate that he's going to kill it. I mean, they're going to throw the ball like crazy. That said, he's the tight end six this year. No, he probably isn't, but honestly, you had to think about it because given right. how bad I, I, tight ends have been this year, you're like, yeah, maybe he is a tight end. He's six. a tight end 10. Is that seriously what he is? Yeah. Is that, and that's Carrington scoring. That's not FFPC scoring. Right? Well, it's not, it's not that much different. Uh, having said that, the last four weeks, he has combined for 12.9 fantasy points. Out of how many weeks? Four. Oh, that is that really bad. One point nine, six point eight, a zero, and a four point two. By the way, the zero is a zero point zero zero, as in he played but didn't actually didn't get do a anything. And a I, four I wonder. Um, I wonder what what it's uh, what the Packers have done as far as opposing tight ends this year. What what they've given up because this could be a get right game uh, for Trey Burton. That said, I, I'm I am looking I mean, granted, elsewhere. Yeah, when you when you lose Trubisky, that did make a big difference. He's been out a lot of those games. It's not like Chase Daniel was incompetent. I mean, he was all right. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, that's true. You're right. I mean, yeah. I don't disagree with you. All right. Trubisky's mustache looks better than Wentz's uh, beard mustache. I don't understand the, the Carson Wentz facial hair hate. I just noticed the other thing. It's like, you know, you, you know you're light-skinned and you have red hair, but it's your, your, like his regular hair hair isn't all that super red, but your facial hair is red. I mean, what do you want to look like, a dumb lumberjack? I, I mean, he is from North Dakota, so I mean, that's that's probably you know. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't look right. That's way that that's the way they wear it there. Yes. Do we have any right. FFPC players? It's like you're trying to accent the you know, like be like if Andy Dalton had. I mean, if Andy Dalton had like dark brown, like you know, he's got the red hair. If right. he had a brown like mustache beard, hey, do the opposite. That's you know who I think. Right. You know who I think he'd look like if he did. Uh, Prince Harry. <laughs> yeah. Andy Dalton and Prince Harry separated yeah. at birth. So I think like Prince Harry like looks all right. You know what yeah. I mean? But, yeah. Yeah, anyway. He is definitely the better looking prince, I'll tell you that. Hey, no question. For sure. <laughs> uh they're doing the um Out of all the princes? No, well no, out of out of Prince Harry and Prince William. They're doing the thing. I don't know what channel it was on. It in fact I think it aired tonight. Um is some sort of mini series where they're talking about um the the death of their mother or whatever, and it's the first time they've spoken publicly about this. Okay. Princess Diana, so yeah, compelling stuff, Dave. I can't I, believe I anybody listened to the show tonight when I'll leave up. I heard Princess Diana was driving the car, I didn't even know that. She, oh, I, I never. I heard she was driving the car and didn't have her seatbelt on, and that her body. Is this some sort of PSA for seatbelts right well, now? Like Ella was telling me tonight, actually. I don't know how that came up after dinner. Right. I never, I never thought about it. I just assumed she was the princess, so I figured somebody else was driving. That's that's exactly what I thought. Like, why the hell would the, but why hold the, hell would the princess? Here's be here's the other thing I found out that at the time she well, was. We talk about this after she the and Prince but, Charles were already separated, and they were dating other people. Yeah, I heard like that. she was with her boyfriend, yeah. um, and and he was off with with his girlfriend. So I don't, do you still get the same security detail when when because uh, she there married into it? Right? There was a well, yeah, I mean one bodyguard. I mean normally if you're <laughs> if you're part of the royal family, you have like fifteen of them around you. Well, there's Britain. It's not that. You know. Okay, so like ten, whatever. It was a but yeah, the paparazzi was still running around, following her up. Yeah, 
And did they cause the crash, or how did that? was always one of the rumors. We should have skipped the show and watched this special tonight. We all could have learned about it. Well, okay. That, I think they might have. Listen, I DVR'd it. i got to get home and watch this. I want to thank Larry Weinhauer as I wrap up the show. To, yeah, exactly. I want to thank Larry Weinhauer, the FFPC, Dave Gerzak, Rob Bryson, and of course, each and every one of you. We will be back live next week at 10, 9 central for a championship week preview. Mike Foresta is on the high stakes lowdown. Give that a listen. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. I promise you uh, that you will not be disappointed with the content. He brought it. Good luck in the second leg of the championship round. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it for the fantasy regular season. We have uh, week 15, week 16, and then it's all about the playoff challenge. I would encourage you to go register for the world famous playoff challenge. MyFFPC.com. That is going to fill up before you know it. $100,000 extra going to the grand prize winner. $150,000 extra in prize pool. Pays down to 600 plates. How can you go wrong? Thanks for listening, everybody. Your weekend starts This now. has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dogs stay on the court. Blow the whistle. The one player I did not reveal in my, we always have four players in the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football oh, Trophy Show. Please tell me. Already did the bus, the House of Flooring bus. Already did the Pop and Marie's pickup. Already did the Schmitty Stick and Sleeper. Your <laughs> Gusman go-to stud this week, Dave. He is a quarterback. He's playing on Monday Night Football, and he is hosting. Oh, no, excuse me. He is on the road at Carolina. Lock it up. Drew Brees is going to be a mammoth start this week. Your go-to player. My Gusman go-to step. Gusman Honda. If you're looking for a Honda, (laughs) get on over to Gusman. The uh, you got to go to Gusman. Got to go to Gusman. And uh, they are located uh, off – I, I should know which exit. It's it's right off of 41, uh, the Kakan exit. Oh, I was just the Kakan exit. That's where you oh. get on over there. Uh, no commission sales sap. Oh, uh, they had no pressure. <laughs> just go on in. Uh, everybody I know. I'm sure all of our downloaders will. Everybody I own. If you're flying in, it's the Appleton Airport. Everybody I know owns a Honda Pilot, and they all got it from Gusman. <laughs> get on over to Gusman. Got to go to Gusman. <laughs> Good luck in week 15. <laughs>